friendos, do I have a podcast for you today? We are talking about, and obviously you can tell if you're watching the video version, if you look down here in the right hand corner, we're talking about Spider-Man. That's right, we are talking Spider-Man news today. That's right. If you have been on the internet under any circumstance, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, MySpace, Club Penguin, Neopets, whatever website you get your news at, it's pretty obvious that there's been a lot of Spider-Man news lately. And not just any Spider-Man news, no. Um, what we're talking about today, sorry, I'm moving my mic. What we're talking about today is a possible live-action Spider-Verse. There have been many a photo of these three gentlemen all together, whether it's been a photo that's been manipulated, whether it is fan art, whatever. Boss Logic doing something phenomenal, as always. In any case, there has been a lot of people wanting this for a very long time. And Sony is riding high off of, and let me see if it's on my shelf here. It is on my shelf. They are riding high off this bad boy. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oscar winner of Best Animated Feature. They are riding high. And when Sony does something right, they shove that shit down everyone's throats. And that is both a blessing and a curse. Because sometimes it's good things, sometimes it's bad things. But I am interested in some of these rumors. I'm still saying rumors because it is a, it's still up in the air. This is heavily speculated. Earlier in the week, uh, it was there was a interview with unnamed Sony employee or executive, I'm paraphrasing, that said that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield have signed on for the third Spider-Man film, which I would not say is an outrageous thing in the world, because these are two Spider-Man actors, both of which are the most prevalent ones in America, not only in America, but in the world, I'd say, because when it comes to box office gross out of any live-action Spider-Man, there's not that many live-action Spider-Man, but they have grossed the most money out of all of them. So it is not outrageous that they would be asked about this, and not only that, these are two actors that both had movies taken away from them. There was going to be a fourth Spider-Man film in the Tobey Maguire universe, in the Sam Raimi-verse, but that was taken away. There was supposed to be a third and a fourth Amazing Spider-Man film, because they wanted that to be a quadrilogy, and they were setting up the Sinister Six in Amazing Spider-Man 2. They were setting up a whole lot of stuff, kind of like what they were doing in the third one for Tobey Maguire. They were setting up a whole lot of stuff, but both of those kind of ended. And for different reasons, I believe it was creative differences on the fourth Tobey Maguire film, and then it was actually the Sony leak during the that period where the interview was coming out, the Seth Rogen-James Franco joint, that pun intended, <laughs> uh, when all that was happening, that Sony leak, there were emails that kind of gave away some things about Spider-Man 3 and 4, and they ended up scrapping it, saying that they thought Andrew Garfield was too old. 
it's not true. Tommy McGuire looked older than Andrew Garfield did in his first outing, and he did three of those, so that's a little bit of some bullshit. They were just trying to cover their asses on that one, but that's just me. That's just me. Anyway, clearly these are two actors that enjoyed being Spider-Man and had movies taken away from them, so I don't think it's outrageous to say, hey, you can come back for a supporting role in another Spider-Man movie where you're appearing with other Spider-People. And I don't think, unless like, unless they just did not like the script at all, which I mean, they have the right to, and this is just speculation. I think it's very likely that if this is true, they would agree to this. I think it's a great, it's a great idea for a film, especially since obviously the success of this movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Granted, I do think the animation medium uh, not the creativity of it, but just the sheer it being animated makes it easier to make something as ambitious as something like a Spider-Verse. But I'm curious as if, I'm curious to see if this is closer to, uh, and we'll talk about this more in a little bit, um, the actual comic, uh, run of Edge of Spider-Verse and then the regular just Spider-Verse, um, cause this one was called... It was, you're gonna hear some page turning here. This is the Moreland storyline. I love this comic. This was like the first big comic I read. Also, uh, to my visual people right here, this Spider-Man, the Shakespearean Spider-Man is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I love his existence. Is it Spider-Man 1492 or something like that? I'm blanking on the name. Okay, so it's Spider-Verse, in, in quotations, into the spider- oh, enter the Spider-Verse, not into, enter the Spider-Verse. Okay, I just wanted to clarify that. So I will talk about that a little bit more, but I would like to- I'm curious to see if this would be the storyline, or a closer adapted storyline like this, compared to uh, what we got in the animated film. But they set up some stuff at the end of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, uh, when they included Miguel O'Hara. Uh, Spider-Man 2099, how he has a little uh, gizmo that lets him jump in between universes. So it's it's going to be interesting. They might be teasing that in a animated film, or maybe, and this is very all possible that I'm kind of theorizing. They could have. This might have been a setup for a live-action Spider-Verse because it was established that Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099 created a gizmo that lets him jump between universes and it's very similar to what they do in the comic so and in the film into the spider-verse it was more of an accident it was that um was it a coll a collider or i'm blanking on the whatever sciencey thing that uh kingpin was working on with uh dr octavius in that film whatever they were working on there accidentally brought all those spiders into Miles's universe. So, take that as you will. That that could be very much so like a early test of it. Will audiences like this? Clearly they did. So, maybe for something like a live action, this could kind of work. Or at the very least, or if they're setting up their own universe that's all animated, cool. But I would really like to see if if the MCU and Sony are going to this like Thanos has happened. We've hit a huge 
point in the MCU where we just went larger than life. And it's interesting. The big question is, where do you go now after Endgame, after Infinity War? Where do you go? And the possibility of not only a Spider-Verse film bringing in, by the point the movie comes out, 20 years of live action Spider-Man, but also possibly including animated Spider-Man if they went with the actual movie universe that they established or if they go with um the Drake Bell Spider-Man show I believe he was, that was Ultimate Spider-Man because I think Disney has produced two or three Spider-Man shows at this point correct me if I'm wrong in the comments if you know but there have been multiple Spider-Man shows done by Disney um, or really just spider shows in general because there's Marvel Uprising which has Spider-Gwen and that might have another spider I don't think Mayday Parker is in that one, but anyway, this is quite feasible, and I think this might be what they're doing, and this is, uh, just to kind of, not, I'm not really going to read this article off, but uh, this is on radiotimes.com, uh, it is an article by David Gregg, and it came out today, and it's, will we see a Spider-Man live-action crossover. And I mentioned in the first episode of Something Pop that Jamie Foxx had announced, well not announced, but he was excited about reprising the role of Electro. And this could definitely be a Sinister Six setup. With, cause maybe, may, just maybe, because in some of the rumors of all of this happening. I, I heard that they were talking about possibly doing a Norman Osborn Green Goblin returning, an Electro returning, uh, Vulture is still on the is still on the docket with MCU. So I guess maybe rather than doing the big establishing a villain here and there and here and there in your own universe, combining combining multiple different universes villains might be easier because you had a chance to establish them in their own films without having to bog it down with another possible villain because that was a big issue with the second uh oh the second amazing spider-man film and the second and third Tommy mcguire spider-man films there was a lot of just in the next one, in the next one, we're gonna we're teasing some Doc Ock, we're teasing this, uh, we're teasing Rhino, we're teasing Vulture, we're doing all these things. So there's been a lot of tease, and the MCU Spider-Man luckily has not really been teasing like villains as hard as it's more teasing MCU stuff. But that's really just the MCU's job is to plug their own movies, and I don't begrudge them too much for it because they do a pretty good job. So no problem there, but. And, and this is all to say that Sony has not denied Andrew and Toby signing up for these films. They just have said that this is unconfirmed that this is happening, which very likely means they have not signed on for the film, but that talks are happening. And I'll kind of leave it at that. But like I said, they have the rights to all these people, all these characters, and it is highly possible that they could do this it is not it would not be a bad idea and they've already announced and this is legit announced news that benedict cumberbatch will appear in spider-man 3 providing more evidence that the film could take a route through the multiverse i don't know the time frame between doctor strange 2 and spider-man 3 i'm not sure which one's coming out sooner that can definitely affect things because as i was reading this article they did bring up the fact wandavision which is coming out later this year 
um, most likely after the Mandalorian. But it is, especially where WandaVision, she, oh, really not WandaVision, <laughs> Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch, has reality-bending powers in the comics. They really haven't done it too, too much in the MCU yet, but I think this is going to be the show that they're going to do it in. <laughs> this is going to be where they really push her powers to its limit, to uh, at least to a, it's going to push her powers to a point that we have not seen yet in this universe, and I'm incredibly excited to see that. So this could be a very easy, like, pitch to get a multiverse going because they have also said, and I don't know if this is included in the article, I have not finished it, but what is happening in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is that Wanda Maximoff is going to appear in the film for a significant role. It is not said if she's going to be an antagonistic force or a protagonistic force or a neutral force. We really don't know. But the fact that you are messing with Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch, two magic users, you're really going to be messing with their powers in a film called The Multiverse of Madness, and then one of the most successful multiverses of all time, The Spider-Verse. It's just they're, they're teeing this up incredibly well in ways that can excite people for the vast, in the vast, vast ideas of what this possibly could be, or in a more condensed style, it could also be a really exciting in, uh, inclusion of characters in more uh, lengthy roles and in more lengthy relationships compared to when you do Avenger-style films where this character's on the screen for eight minutes, this one's on the screen for 12 minutes. I would like to see some of these characters like what, Wanda maybe has 20 minutes in Civil War? Mate? No, not even. I wouldn't even say she has 20 minutes in that movie. She probably has the most screen time in Age of Ultron, and that was her first outing. So, I would like to see more of her, and this TV show is really going to get that going. And if this pushes towards a Spider-Verse, that's going to be even freaking cooler. It is going to be so cool. But, uh... I'm going to veer off now into the Sony-verse of spider existence. Uh, let me minimize this and bring up Morbius the Living Vampire. Yes, we're talking about Morbius. Uh, everyone's 19th favorite character from the Marvel comics. And by 19th, I mean 219th. Nothing against Morbius. I have no... Uh, no ill will against Morbius. Well, why is this taking so long? I have great internet. Uh, let me just... Let me see if I can control F. Jared Leto. Jared. Have they not talked about Jared in this yet? Jared Leto? Film adaptation? Is my internet out? <laughs> anyway, sorry that I can't provide pictures right now. Uh, for those, I only have these two articles pulled up, and for some reason, though it says I'm connected to the internet, uh, it is not opening up, up new web pages, but I digress. So, right, Jared Leto. There, Sony is making, and the trailer has been out for maybe six to nine months now, uh, for Morbius, the Jared Leto led uh, film that takes place in the Sonyverse. I'm guessing in the Venom-verse makes the most sense, since that is a different Spider-Man villain. 
that is currently being produced by Sony, which that's a whole other film that could possibly tie into this. But I don't, I don't see as many signs of that one yet. Morbius is interesting because, and I'll get into this in a moment, but Morbius in the trailer shows a Spider-Man poster with the words murderer written over it. But the Spider-Man poster is actually the Sam Raimi-based costume. And it's not even like a, like a, oh, it's too close to tell. No, it's straight up a, it's the render they did for the PS4 suit. I mean, the, I mean, the PS4 version of the Sam Raimi suit. So, it is it. There's no question about it. But it says, murderer. And to add more layers of confusion, Michael Keaton as the vulture appears in the film. Well, he appears as his uh, normal self, but he's still the vulture, and that is just so interesting to me. I know that the character is based in the Sony Spider-Man MCU, uh, like, shared universe, but this one is not a Disney-produced film, which means that this is a Sony-verse movie, but it has a MCU-shared character. So it is opening up a lot of questions. Is this a film that exists within the MCU, but they can't play with Disney's toys, but they can play with the characters they share with because they technically do own them. So is that where we're at? Like, is that like they're just doing it that way? Like, hey, we have this character. We're going to use him anyway because he's Michael Keaton. He's great. Or is this a our first inkling at multiverse stuff for Spider-Man, besides uh, Mysterio in Far From Home, pretending he was from a different universe when, in actuality, this is, a this is happening. The, the multiverse, in some way, shape, or form, I think is going to happen, especially when you're saying Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is the name of the film, and Sam Raimi is making that movie. Like, you can't tell me that there isn't going to be some form of multiverse existing, but for Spider-Man's sake, this is fascinating to me. That they are putting a MCU shared character in what appears to be a Sonyverse movie. Very similar to Venom, a Sonyverse movie where it uses Marvel, but it is very detached from the MCU. As far as we know, maybe the existence, uh, maybe the lack of existence of either two allows them to connect, which is very, very possible because we don't know what's happening behind the scenes of these characters' ownership. So it's very possible that they're forcibly connect disconnecting these two because Venom was not rated R. Because if it was rated R, I doubt they would have, they would try to be including this right now, but they made it PG-13, which makes me think they might be willing to potentially cross over, which that would be fascinating because this uh, Spider-Man, Tom Holland, has not had a symbiote suit or anything like that. That could be interesting. Um, like, imagine a Spider-Verse movie where it's a bunch of Spider-Men and they're fighting a different Spider-Person and maybe that one has a symbiote suit on or maybe one of the people on the good Spider-Man side has a symbiote suit on. This is kind of an um, uh, idea that me and my fiancé were having about everything Spider-Man the other day when this news was coming out and so I was able to spitball some ideas off of her and she was telling me some fun stuff so that could very well be a really fun possibility so it is the fact that these universes like Venom and possibly Morbius are 
disconnected enough to where they could be connected is interesting to me. Disney themselves, and this is not off topic, but the new Mutants movie, while it was not very successful, it was edited to the point in which Disney said, no, this exists in the MCU. It's just so disconnected you can't tell. It's almost like the Defenders-based shows. When you're talking like Daredevil and Jessica Jones, they mention the Battle of New York. And I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a single character that crosses over, but there's mentions of the characters. Uh, they mention, they'll mention like the Hulk or you'll see this, that, or the other. It's a lot like, it's not as tongue-in-cheek as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's more on those lines. Uh, where they exist within the universe, but they don't play with the same toys, and they're really self-contained. So it lets you have the ability to branch out. I know Marvel wanted to do that um, with the Defender shows. It didn't work out. Hopefully they can bring back some of the heroes now that those Netflix contracts are ending. We'll see. But it's not unheard of that these universes could exist where... Yes, they're in the MCU, but you just don't see them connect all the time. Or no, they're not in the MCU, but maybe in the future we could possibly be talking about that. Who knows at this point? So, back to Morbius. Uh, Morbius is, uh, and this is a character I used to confuse. I used to confuse Morbius and Morlin together a lot. Which, in my defense, <laughs> they're both... Like, okay, so Morlin is a psychic vampire... And Morbius is the living vampire. So it is not incredibly far off for me to say that these two characters are similar. And Marvel, excuse me, Marvel and Sony are not afraid to change character origins or anything like that. Um, take example, Kate uh, Blanchett for, uh, what's it called? I'm sorry, I was making sure my thing was still recording. Um, take her as Hela in Thor Ragnarok. In the comics, Hela is the daughter of Loki. But instead for the MCU, they adapted it and turned her into the sister of Thor, daughter of Odin. So they completely changed the emotional significance of this character for the sake of the story. I'm not complaining at all. So because they did a great job with it. If I believe that this could be the reason a Morbius film is coming out, because Sony has announced and unannounced and announced and unannounced so many different possible Spider-Man things, like the Silver and Black movie with Black Cat and Silver Sable. They teased that movie, they've teased half a dozen different things, solo films, team-up films, possible Sinister Six films, like... They've, they've thrown those things all around and they barely follow through. So the fact that Morbius is the first one to come out after Venom? Venom, I get why they wanted to make a movie about that, because Venom's a cool character. But Morbius, the living vampire? It's interesting to me. And the fact that he is so similar to Morlin makes me believe they might be adapting Morbius's character, because obviously in the movie... He's set up more for teleportation and blood sucking and a bit more classical vampire-y, but it is not out of the realm of possibility that they could do some Spider-Verse stuff with Morlin. I mean, with Morbius. See, the characters are so similar. 
They're both, they're more named people who are also supervillains of Spider-Man, who are also vampires. And yes, their creations are incredibly far apart. They're literally 30 years apart. But they could be adapting the character Morbius to be somebody who is chasing down spider totems. And a spider totem is basically a spider existing person. Someone who was bit by a spider and has those powers. Whether you are a man, a woman, a human, a pig, a cosmic being, whatever. Or a conglomeration of spiders that can think they're Peter Parker. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but they're because they are going after spiders. Um, and this is a Spider-Man, best known as the temporary killer. Mor this is Morlin. He is best known as the temporary killer of the Earth Six One Six version of Spider-Man in the storyline Spider-Man: The Other, and is the main antagonist of the Spider-Verse storyline. Uh, which he and his estranged family attempt to kill all the versions of Spider-Man uh, as prophesized by him. So, this is interesting. They could very easily turn the character Morbius into something like Morlin. And maybe not in the sense of he's an interdimensional vampire from Earth-001. But more along the lines of, because Morbius is a good villain for Spider-Man, so it is not out of the realm of possibility that they could, maybe instead of a magical sense, maybe it's more of a technology sense that he can hop between universes and, he, and he's craving the blood of spiders. There could be something related to that. Um, and something that just caught my eye is this. In paragraph uh, 5.1 of Morbius's... Okay, so it's actually not as cool as I thought. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it said that he was in the House of M, but this is... Uh, for audio listeners, here's what it says. In the House of M series, Michael Morbius appears in a flashback as one of the scientists, along with Jonas Harrow and Farley uh, Stillwell, that gave Luke Cage his powers. <laughs> um, Cool. I thought that was going to be uh, more related to uh, WandaVision, because uh, House of M is a really whole large influence in the WandaVision show. So, I was hoping that uh, <laughs> that was going to be more significant, but it's not. Uh, clearly, I didn't do my research. That's okay. Uh, but I, I don't see this being out of the realm of possibility, that Morbius could be a more Moreland-based character, because I also don't see Marvel introducing the character of Moreland if they're doing a Morbius film that is already filmed, because that is not marketable. It is not a good idea to do characters with such a close name and making movies and action figures and possibly games and does shirts, whatever. Merch is going to be a living nightmare if you create Morbius and Moreland. It's just not going to work. And since they've already introduced Morbius with the trailer... I think that they could be doing Morbius as a lead antagonist in a Spider-Man 3 film, but using other films to prepare us for it, because we don't know what's being talked behind the scenes. So I think this could be happening. Whew. All right, I'm tired. <laughs> oh man, I was up late last night, and 
I'm trying to think of an idea for this. And, uh, whew, uh, had a long day at work today, so I am exhausted after exerting all this energy into Spider-Man. But I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my favorite superhero of all time. I'm going to be possibly doing a, a something pop based all around Spider-Man. Not, I mean, this one is all around Spider-Man, but this is a speculation about a movie. I would love to talk about my love of the character of Spider-Man and why I started loving Spider-Man and why I still love Spider-Man. But that is for another episode. I hope everyone enjoyed this little theory deep dive with me. I don't think it was too out of the realm of possibilities. If you have any theories about what a Spider-Verse could look like in the live action MCU, leave a comment down below. And if you're interested in supporting the channel, you can check out either link. I have one included here in the video. It is for my mechanics.gg page, mechanics.gg slash D slash Kyle or mechanics. That's M E C h a n y x dot g g slash mander something m a n d e r s o m e t h i n g that's an another link that works to give it to you my mechanics.gg page you can support my channel monthly or you can support my channel uh in a donation or you can just subscribe that is more than welcome because i was looking at my analytics and 80% of my viewers do not subscribe to my channel it is just one click and that's it that's all you got to do is subscribe. You can throw down a like, throw down a dislike. I don't care. It's still engagement. Throw a comment down there. I don't care what you say as long as it's not mean to people. <laughs> I mean, I do care a little bit. Um, don't be mean and don't say rude things and don't say uh, words you're not supposed to say. I'll leave that at that. But, uh, and also another way to support the channel. I have a merch link down below. It is a Teespring. I have some cool merch based around the channel. I have some cool merch based on Tron Legacy. <laughs> um it's it's merch uh check it out and that is where i'm going to leave you all today i hope you have a lovely lovely week and a lovely lovely weekend and i will see y'all next week for another episode of something pop bye <laughs>